This is Agent versus Lender. If it's about real estate or the lending industry, it's fair game. This is Agent versus Lender. And now the host, Ron Pippet. Welcome to another episode of Agent versus Lender. And today we have with us Amy Clark, and she is the team leader at uh, Century 21, right? Century 21. Right. Which, which Century 21? Century 21 Everest. Everest. The big one. The big boy. Yes. Because <laughs> that is the Century 21 Everest. That's the, that it's is large. the big boys. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I, I'm, I'm really happy to have Amy. I've known Amy for, I don't know, quite a few years here now. And 11 years. It's, has it been that long? Yeah. 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 And she, <laughs> and I'm telling you, she's, she's like one of my favorite agents that, that I've ever worked with. She's, uh, she's just so positive and happy. You can see, you know, if you're watching this, you can see she's smiling right now. And that's just the way she is all the time. So that's, that's really, <laughs> really fun to work with Amy. Um, so Amy, um, tell us a bit, little bit about, about you. Tell us about, uh, how you got into the industry. Um, let's see where this goes. Let's just tell us about you to start with. Okay. Um, so when I was five, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I always have been interested in real estate. It is true, but there was, uh, so many other things that happened, you know, you get married, you have kids and life is just a fairy tale, not, and then things happen. And, um, I, I got divorced and I was a single parent and, for a while, um, I did just a bunch of different types of jobs. I, um, I worked at a, well, I kind of worked around the clock and you, you, as I tell you this story, the, 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 the hours aren't going to make sense, but I'll explain. So I had, um, I got a job at a domestic violence shelter. Um, I, I did go to college. I got a degree in sociology with a minor in English. And so I got this job. Um, I actually started as a volunteer there and then the job opened up. And so I worked from 10 to six in the morning and then, um, and I was an intake worker. So, you know, the police would bring people in to the shelter and I process them and then take care of them through the night. And, um, when you're in domestic violence, people don't usually, they're not always sleeping through the night. Sometimes there's a lot of problems, but anyway, so I worked the night shift and, um, and then I'd go home in the morning and I'd get my kids up and going for school. And we would do a couple of things in the morning together. And um, then I'd get them off to school. And on a good day, when I got them ready and going pretty fast, I had everything pretty regimented. Um, I could get in a little bit of sleep. And usually I could get in like about 30 minutes, 45 minutes before I went to my next job, was at, which was actually at the school of some of my younger kids. Um, I had kids down to... I think at that time, I, my youngest was in the second grade. So let's say second, fourth, sixth, eighth, and 10th grade. And um, at this point, I mean, I, this is just jumping to the end of the, the process of getting into real estate. Um, but I'd go to the school and I was the first grade eight in the morning, which was a really great job. Kids are super fun at that age. And I worked that till noon. And then I'd go out to my car and I'd take a nap through my lunchtime. And then I'd, uh, I'd set my alarm. And during those days, man, I could be asleep in like two seconds. Cause I, some days I got like two hours of sleep and it wasn't 
consecutive hours. And um, then I'd go back into the school eating my sandwich. And then I was the librarian in the afternoon, which is all, was also a really fun gig because um, I got to tell stories. And, you know, you could turn off the lights with the flashlight and tell scary stories. And I told a lot of scary stories back then. It was fun. And then after that, you know, grab the kids and go home and then, um, you know, do the evening schedule. Sometimes kids had to be different places. And um, and then I would try to, if I could get a little bit of sleep in there, I would. I was always thinking about <laughs> when I was going to be able to get some sleep in. And then I got my kids to bed pretty quick. Um, I think they were in bed by eight o'clock. A um, couple older kids, they just went to bed whenever. And then I would sleep for an hour. If it was a great night, I could sleep two hours and then I'd go back to the shelter again and do that job. And, and it would just be repeat. <laughs> and then um, I actually worked the weekends on that job, but I had a couple of days where I didn't work that job. I just worked it five days. So I'd have a couple of nights of sleep. So I did that for a couple of years, actually. Um, it was a really long period of my life because I didn't hardly get any sleep, but, but somehow um, uh, we made it through. And uh, there was a, a couple of times where I'd pick up another job, which on the days that I had off from the one, one of the other jobs, and I worked like some holiday work here and there. And it was just, I mean, the bottom line is I was just doing everything I could um, to make the ends meet. I don't think, I don't know if you mentioned this, but you're a single mom at this time, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, yeah. think, I, I think you and I talked about that. And so I, I don't know if you mentioned it during your, right. your story, but you're a single mom. So it's not like you had much choice. You had to go. No, and I didn't come meet. from money. My, my, um, it came from happy parents, which was really lucky for me, but I didn't have parents that have money. I mean, my dad grew up super poor. In fact, my dad was picking cotton in the fields when he was five years old. That was, wow. he was, they were poor, but, um, and it came from a big family too. So my, you know, we didn't, there was, I didn't have resources. Um, I didn't have family members or anybody that could give me money. It was just, I was in a house. So I had a house payment to make, and it was a, it was a pretty hefty house payment, and I just had to figure it out. And I remember in particular, there was a, a friend of mine who lived in my street and she was nice. She, and we were good. We were, we were friends. And um, she came over one day and it was after I'd gotten divorced and she had, she had a plate of brownies and a box of tissue. <laughs> and she said, I don't know which one you want, but I brought them both. And so I said, actually, I'll take them both. And and then she said, when are you moving? And when she said that to me, when are you moving inside of me? Something just went, I just, it infuriated me because I thought nobody thinks I can do this. And I said to myself right then and there, um, I told her when she said that it's all this happened in like a second, I said, oh, I'm staying. I'm going to, I'll be staying here. I didn't know how the heck I was going to do it, but I thought, if anybody else can do it, I can do it too. And I was just determined that I'm not moving my family, not moving my kids. They've already been through enough. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. You know what? Good for you. So how did you transition from that point in your life to real estate? So the first, uh, well, I actually had somebody feel sorry for me. <laughs> because what really happened, one of my neighbors was a, was a, 
had his own mortgage company. It was a little small, small mom pop shop. He ran it out of his home. And he said to me, Amy, why don't you, um, why don't you come do uh, mortgages with me? And I said, okay, <laughs> what do I do? And he said, he, and he said, um, you got to go to school. And I think back then it cost like 200 bucks or something, but that was like a million dollars to me. And he said, I'm going to, and I said, oh, okay, well, I'll have to work on that. And he goes, well, I'll pay for you to go. And so um, obviously my work schedule provided no time at all between just, just keeping up. And so I did it while I was at my job at the domestic violence shelter, when there were some downtimes with the custom clients, you know, it was the night shift, I would, um, I get online and do classes. And so that's what I do. I basically got my license, um, through those online classes during the night. And then I remember him coming, um, back to me and saying, Hey, when are you going to, you know, when are you taking the test? And I didn't have the money to take the test either. And it was, I don't know what the test cost was. I think it was like a hundred dollars or something. And I said, well, I've, I'm all through, I'm just studying. And it was kind of embarrassing. And he goes, do you need the money for the test? And I said, no, it's okay. But anyway, he ended up paying for my test too. So I, took, awesome. the I took the test and then I started working with him. And this was back in the day with all the subprime market and all that kind of craziness. And um, it gave me a really good understanding of how the mortgage side works, which has been invaluable to me on the real estate side. But sitting behind a desk, punching numbers all day and things like that, it's just, it's not my personality. And I would have probably kept doing it. Um, but I just um, finally got the confidence up and I thought, you know what, I just want to do the real estate side. I want to be with the people. <laughs> Little did I know that <laughs> there's a lot of behind the screen time in both jobs. But yeah. um, I, uh, so I, um, as I was doing mortgages, I slowly got to the point where I could start a letting go of these other jobs. And I, I, I was, it was making money pretty quickly because I was motivated uh, for one, not only to get a good night's rest um, and not be falling asleep every time <laughs> it was somewhere, uh, but also to be able to see my children. In fact, um, Ron, I remember uh, for a while there, I had my, I had a simple goal with my, you know, five kids it was to look each child in the eye once a day and whether to smile or say just something small to them, but just to have that small little connection. I know it's pathetic, but um, uh, you do what you have to do. Um, a lot of, oh, another person had, had also told me, had mentioned, hey, you could, you could do just fine if you just went on welfare <laughs> with five kids and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, just thought, I want more. I want more. I and and I and I cried a lot of nights too, um, or or days, you know, because I felt like I was disadvantaging my children not by not being around. But what I learned through the struggle was that my kids saw somebody working their butt off, not only for them, but just saw somebody working, and um, it, it it's ended up. Um, not only making my kids closer to each other because they had to help each other, um, but also that they don't give me a lot of excuses about not being able to do stuff because they saw me do something hard. So I guess in some ways that was worth it. But so I, 
I went back to, as I was, as I had, while I was the loan officer, which I didn't love, I'll be honest, Ron, I so appreciate you and what you do because <laughs> I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate amazing people like you. But um, so I got my, I, I took, I got my real estate license while I was doing mortgages and I slowly switched over the first year I um, was doing both. And I only closed nine deals. And then um, I realized I've got to, I can't wear both hats, not to mention some of the, the um, difficulty doing both in a transaction, the rules and regulations and stuff. So then the next year, I, I just let my license go. So there was, I burned the bridge. So I couldn't go back and I just went full-time real estate. So one year doing both. And then the next year just went full-time. And my first year I did 20 deals. That's my really first year. And then just have, have gone up from there. You know, I, I, I appreciate that story um, on so many levels. So sometimes people think you, they don't want to go through the hard stuff, but the hard stuff is what makes, what makes you who you are today. So anybody that's really successful. And so you haven't said this yet. Um, and, and I don't, and if I know Amy, she's not going to toot her horn. So I'm going to a little bit. So Amy, Amy, like she crushes this. She's, she's the team leader. Um, she's doing 150 transactions, uh, a, a year, which is like killing it. So, um, she's, she's doing really, really well, but it's only because you went through some hard times to get to where you are today. Don't do you feel kind of feel that way? Well, I think that yes. I mean, I think we, we think there's a certain way that we have to do things and we have to be all things at the same time. And we have to have some, some certain balance. And I don't love the word balance because when you are climbing a hill or a mountain to get to some place, it's really hard to have balance all the time. So sometimes we just get out of skew. Like, like um, I, I felt like I was sacrificing the connection with my children as I was just trying to start in survival mode, but I had to give them food and shelter and yeah. those kind of outranked some of the other things. Cause I little, uh, and so sometimes we have to do that. And I remember, I remember one night um, I got in trouble when I was working at the shelter and um, I had fallen asleep and, and I had deliberately fallen asleep. I had actually gone in the back and everybody's asleep. And I had set my alarm for like 20 minutes. It's just going to take a super powerful power, a power nap. And I had done that a couple of times. And at the time I had some, um, a lady that was staying there that was up all night and she was super high maintenance. And, and she told on me <laughs> that, oh, I couldn't find her. It was only for 20 minutes, but so the next day I had somebody come in, the manager came in and she came at the exact time I was doing my 20 minute power nap. Um, and you were actually allowed to sleep. I found out later or take a little nap when they, we had plenty of, job, of chores to do during the night. Um, but you were supposed to do it like out front where people could see you. So I, um, uh, so she got, so she came in and she sent me home. And it was like four o'clock in the morning and normally got home at six. So I went home. I cried the whole way home because that was my main job that paid me the most. I mean, I was working for pennies back then. And um, 
I just, I got home. I was kind of wired because this is when I'm normally up and I, I was sitting there in my kitchen. I had the computer in my kitchen and I was getting on and I just opened up the computer. I don't know what I was looking at. I was probably looking at jobs because I'm thinking I can't go five seconds without a job. What am I going to do? And um, just so you know, I didn't lose my job. They loved me there. They just had a talk with me and, you know, we worked through it, but, but I was convinced, oh, I'm going to lose my job. What's going to happen? I was panicked. And at that very moment, my daughter, who was, um, I don't know, she must've been probably, let's see, eight or nine, eight or nine years old. She cried out screaming at night. She'd obviously was having a bad dream and she was screaming, but she was not screaming for me. She was screaming for her sister. And her sister, who was two years older, she, I hear the little footsteps because I have a two-story, I hear the little footsteps from one room to the other, and she's two years older than her, comes in, and I hear her soothing her sister. And I'm sure she just climbed into bed with her and the crying stopped. And I just, it gets me choked up thinking about it today, but I just cried. I just cried that I'm not there for my children. I'm, what am I doing? And um, it was, I never went up and, and, and went into the room. My other daughter was with her. And, but at the same time, um, what a great experience to know that my other daughter came for her. And as yeah. my children have grown up in this, in this scenario where I did not, um, where I felt like I couldn't be present, they have learned some other skills. And I would, they would have never had those. I mean, they have a, they adore each other. They take care of each other. They banter and they fight with each other too. But I mean, they are good to each other and they love each other. And I don't think that those things could have been gained if we hadn't gone through some tough times and done things differently than the mom down the street that, um, you know, get, got to stay home every day, which I was a home a homemaker for a while and got to do those things. So you just, you can have success on a different road that is just tailor-made for you. And, um, you know, I just decided at that point that I was, I was going to have a better life and I was going to make a better life for my family. And I was just going to have to do it an untraditional way. Yeah. So this, this is a great story. So, and you have, so let's talk about today where you are so i just mentioned that you you've got a team you run a team um so i first developed myself as an agent and um <laughs> this is another thing i had uh, you know i burned the bridges and there was no i still you know it's not like you become an agent all of a sudden you're a top producer it takes time and and i wasn't going to go home until i not i i hit my production goals and so that meant getting to the office early, sometimes staying later, call after call after call. I couldn't afford a dialer or anything back then. And so it's pretty much calling out of a phone book, kind of, you know, just cold calls. And I was too stupid back then not to call my, my SOI, which would have been smart, but I didn't learn that till later. And um, yeah, just I had to hit a certain number every day before I went home because I had, I literally had mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah. So, so thank, thanks for, thanks for bringing that back. 
because I was jumping way ahead. So thanks for bringing that back. Because I, I remember you saying that you burned you burned a bridge. Um, you didn't have a way back. You let no, your, my mortgage license, license. I let it go. Yeah. So so you burned that bridge. Yeah. You had to go. You, the only way you could go was forward. Right. So and and I was saying that you have this team and but it wasn't like all of a sudden you had a team. Oh no. You had to do, In you fact, had to do the stuff that everybody else has to do. You had to you had to do the cold calls, you had to you had to stay late, you had to make you had to do all that stuff on no um, budget. <laughs> right, even on no budget too. So there are yeah. things. So that's a good lesson for anybody that's in the real estate industry. It's like you can make this work. You don't have to have this huge marketing budget. Um, you can walk, you can knock doors, you can, you can right. phone calls. And, you, and can... you can give an experience to people. And this is, I've always cared about people. Uh, you can tell by, I mean, some, uh, I, I don't know. And sometimes I care about the underdogs. Uh, you know, I, I work with millionaires and I work with first time home buyers and, and um, I just, I just believe that everybody, no matter where they are, they deserve a first class experience. And really a first class experience means you're attentive to what their needs are and you you pay attention to what their goals are and you help people at a, on a personal level and and that's kind of um uh, that's that's what i've done and sometimes you get to meet people that you get to be friends with forever like you and i ron i met you at a uh, continuing education class and i liked you right away i'm like i like that guy i want to work with him so that's how we met remember yeah i do yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we get to meet a lot of people and, and on this side, as a real estate agent, I get to serve somebody. And even though we say we work with people and sometimes people think, oh, I'm, I'm in this position and I'm awesome. I mean, really it's an opportunity to serve and um, serve at a high level and really bring something special to somebody's life. So yeah. that's what I like about it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't start off as a team leader. In fact, the re, it kind of just happened non, I didn't really want to head in that direction. I just wanted to be the, the best me. Um, and that's, I think, one of the ways you stay in sales is, is if you keep developing yourself. I mean, I read a lot. I go to, I go to events, motivational stuff. Um, I try to really um, be careful about who I spend my, a lot of personal time with. We all have those those energy vampires in our lives. And um, it, it doesn't mean you have to get rid of all your friends, but be be specific about who you let influence your energy in your spirit. Um, that's super important. Obviously, we don't get to always pick that with our clients, um, but I, I'm careful about that. Um, I, I've obviously made mistakes like we all do, but um, I try really hard uh, to keep stay around as many positive people as I possibly can. And then also not to be a energy vampire. <laughs> we all have our bad days where we, where we are, uh, where we want to be negative, but um, then we know who to, when we surround ourselves by people that are not like that, then, then they can buoy us up on the days that we need it. So that's kind of what, what happened was I had an agent that reached out to me that just wanted some advice on some real estate stuff. And the next thing I knew I was their mentor. And then the next thing I knew 
they were on my team. <laughs> and then uh, I guess I should say the very first thing to do is learn the trade yourself and become awesome at it so that you actually have something to mentor about. And then once you hit about 25 transactions a year is a good time um, to get an, uh, an assistant. At that point, it's time to have help. You don't have to have my very first assistant I shared with another person. Um, and so um, there was always something for her to do. That's a good first step is to have somebody that helps you. So you're saying so so that that's a really good I'm sorry I'm advice. all over the place. <laughs> no, no, that's that's okay. Talk about that's, these things. No, that's okay, man. I have some sun coming in right here. So um so no, this is really good stuff because I've talked to other agents that I've asked them if they have an assistant. And they just said, no, I, I, don't, I don't want one. I want to do it all myself. So what do you say to somebody that, I, I mean, to me, that, that just tells me they don't, they can't scale their business. They're going to be limited because they're, they're, they're just, they, yeah. they, don't, they don't want to let go. Yeah, they don't want to let go. It's a scarcity mindset. There, well, there's two things. One is scarcity. Like I want to keep the money for myself that I would pay somebody else. And that um, also maybe I won't make enough money to keep that person uh, occupied. And then if I, what if I have a, a, a season where I don't have any income coming in, what am I gonna do then? Um, those are all things, reasons people don't hire, get help. Um, but I will tell you that, um, oh, and just the scarcity mindset, you know, that there's the, the, the glass is half uh, empty. Uh, mindset. So I would say if you're at that point, you, you need to elevate your, your mindset, that you're awesome and that you can do more and you will do more. And, um, and then just know that there's strength in numbers. You know, I don't, I don't go and try to do your job. I mean, to save the money and, and try to process the loan. I learned that really quick when I had, uh, when I had my mortgage license and my real estate license, that a division of work actually makes everybody better and stronger and faster. And, you know, a lot of us agents are, you know, well, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say a lot of agents. I'm, I go, 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 as you know, Ron, I, um, I don't sit around a lot, although as a team leader, I'm in the office a lot now, but um, our strengths is selling, connecting with people. And, um, you know, we're the movers and shakers. We make stuff happen. And if you can have another person that has other skills than you, like my assistant has different skills than I have. And um, they're, they're able to process paperwork faster. And it makes it so that not that you're losing out, but you're gaining so much more. When you focus on one thing, it's not like a, you know, Olympian goes, I'm going to be an Olympian gymnast, track star and discus thrower. <laughs> I don't know what you call that shot. What do you call that? Whatever. Yeah, there's a discus. The, 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 yeah, yeah, there's a discus the, and a shot, but so. Yeah. So whatever that is, you know, you go to the Olympics, you laser focus on one yeah. thing. And when you have other people that can laser, fo laser focus on something, they not only um, assist you, but they eventually hopefully will do it better than you. And so now you don't just bring, I don't just bring myself, Amy Clark to the team. I now have I, I now have other people that support me. So I bring even more value to a customer and my customers are my agents. And they're also the um, buyers and sellers and investors I work with. 
you know, well said. I couldn't have put that any better. I, I have the same philosophy. I have a team behind me for the same reason. I realize that, uh, can I do the process from beginning to end? Sure, I can. I'm not very good at some of it. Right. Um, because one, I, I, I don't like to do that. And I don't, and there's just some skill sets that I'm just really better. So I kind of think of it like if you, when you go to a, a restaurant, if you go to a restaurant that has a host, there's somebody sitting there that goes and seats you, and then you have a, um, sorry, I thought I had my, can you hear my phone going off? Yeah. You can? I thought you had that forwarded. <laughs> I thought I did too. thought I did too, so. Um, <laughs> We have, uh, so when you go to a restaurant, you have somebody that seats you and then you have somebody that brings you your, your, your water and your drinks and you have somebody that comes and takes your order. And then sometimes you have somebody that else that, then you for sure you have somebody else that cooks it and you know, it's all that kind of stuff. And, um, um, sorry, another phone. Um, <laughs> And so I think of it the same way in our industry. It's just like if we try to do everything, the process is so much more slow and the customer service is going to be terrible. So you have found out that as you let go of some of those things and you have higher people that are just really good at those things, that allows you to be really focused on what you're good at. And it just makes the process um so much better, not only for you, but for your clients as well. Right. Right. And there's a learning curve. When you first get somebody to help you, you, you tend to do a little, uh, I tend to, I did a little micromanaging. Um, but then eventually you just figure out a, a form of communication that works. And then once you actually let go, it is the greatest feeling to have the confidence that somebody's taking care of that stuff. And you can literally give your time and energy to, I mean, it's, it, like in my position, I'm, I make the money for the, for, I bring in the, the money. Right. Right. Um, so it would be silly for me to, to be sending out mailers. Absolutely. Right? A mailers yeah. that, you know, you can pay somebody, you know, what a monthly, I mean, a monthly AM hourly wage to do when you can make 10 times more actually doing something else. Right. Yeah. And, and you know what? The other thing, too, is people will mess stuff up. It takes a while to, to get an assistant um, worked in. Even if they're super fabulous, they're not usually not up and running in a month. It takes a while. It takes months. So I had a podcast recently with Abe Shreve. Um, do you know who Abe Shreve is? Um, yeah, you're in Century good. 21, but he's, he's, he's in the Keller Williams world. But he okay. is like, he, he manages the entire coaching group for all of Keller Williams, not just a coaching, but he's, but he's like overall that coaching group for Keller Williams. And when he was in the industry, when he was a real estate agent, um, he started at a builder and was taking over their marketing department. And he said it took him 18 months before he said he really felt comfortable. And when he went to the, his boss, he said, you know, whatever his name is, I've, it's today that I finally feel like I really know my position and the, the, the owner kind of laughed and he's, and so Abe said, so why, why did you keep me around? And he said, I've, I've learned that it takes 18 months before somebody really knows their position. 
So it's a really good lesson in that when you hire somebody, even though they should know and probably do know um, that area of expertise, it's still going to be a while before they get your systems down and are working to your level. And so don't be don't be frustrated, you know, the first couple of months and say, oh, this person can't do it. Well, they probably aren't at the level you're at, but what the more you teach them, the the better they're going to get. And I found that with all of my team members is that the more time that I give them to grow into their positions, the more valuable they become and the more I can let go. And I, and in my, in real estate, I think it's about 12 months. Now, not 12 months in all areas, but you know, there's some things that are no brainers that they're going to get in a couple of weeks. But for me personally, that's the, my confidence level by about a year, then, you know, I can actually maybe go on vacation for a couple of days and not feel like, oh my gosh, did they do this? <laughs> yeah. So I've been fortunate enough that I've, I've uh, had, uh, I've been able to take a vacation for a week or so and not take my phone with me because, because there's a, t there's team members there to handle it. And I, I don't feel like it's gonna, all going to fall apart. Right. That's nice. So it's, it's really hard to, to get to that level. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that has phones ringing. <laughs> so Amy, what would you say to agents that are maybe looking to grow? They want, they want to go to the next level. Um, I, I, I know that, you know, this isn't like a commercial, but I, I know you're, you have some positions that are available. Um, I've got so let's two, let's I've throw got that two, out there. I do have two agent positions right now that are available on our team. Um, I, I'm pretty particular. Um, they don't even have to have a lot of experience or any experience, but um, I just like people that are teachable and um, uh, like a team environment, which a team environment is we support each other, we cheer for each other, and um, we you know have each, each other's back. I know I've told you this before, but I like to come to work because we have a good environment and it's positive. There are people that are like, I want to grow. I want to be better. I want to make money. I want to be my best me and, and um, applaud others that are doing the same thing. So that's, I've interviewed a lot of people. And like I said, I'm very particular um, about just people that, that are, um, you know, positive and want to grow. So yes, I do have two spots available. Cool. So what would you say to people that are just looking to grow? Um, obviously, I, I would say get on a team because... Oh, absolutely. And I would encourage them to be on a team for at least three years. One of the mistakes I've seen people make is they get in like, oh, I did a couple of transactions. I know what I'm doing. But it's just, it's such a disservice to yourself because most agents, they want to... They want to grow, they want to make a lot of money, and then eventually they want to be an investor. And then maybe something past that. Not everybody wants to be a team leader like, like I am. I, it's, it's, it's not a glamorous job to, to be coaching a lot of people. Oh, I also am a coach for uh, a real estate coach uh, for another company. I think I told you that. Um, you, you didn't tell me that. You, you oh, did oh. not say that. So, yeah, yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I coach real estate. I've got clients in California, but the, um, um, what people do is they get on, they do a few transactions. They think they know everything. And then they, they, um, 
then they go off on their own and they can certainly do a, a, a okay living like that. But there's so many things that I teach and that you can teach if you stay with somebody for a long period of time, like a brand new agent that's just starting um, out and doing one or, you know, a transaction a month or something, they're not in a place yet to invest, right? They're not in, in a place, maybe they're going to do some flips or do different things, but the longer people stay, um, there's more I can teach them. Like I have somebody on my team right now that um, they're, um, they're just about to get their first investment property. And so that's things that they are able to learn because they get to the next level. And then I'm like, okay, you're at this level now. We're going to, we're going to change. You're going to get an LLC here. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to take you to the next level. And those are things that happen if you don't have that scarcity mindset of, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to pay a team leader. <laughs> I want to keep all my commission to myself, but it's a disservice. Again, it's like not getting an assistant because you don't want to pay somebody. So I would strongly suggest you get with somebody that's good that can take you and stay with them for a few years and really learn and um, uh, so that you can go to the next level. Yeah, I had, a, I had a coach once tell me that it's better to have a slice of water rather than a whole grape. And you know what else? The, um, um, I, there is a lot of things you do wrong when you're new. And half the time, sure. I'm just... Um, with my newer agents, I look at every document before they send it. And you know how many times if I hadn't looked at it, it would be breaking the law <laughs> or doing it or doing it incorrectly that would have lost their agent, their clients, lots of money. You just don't know what you don't know. And they don't teach you that in school, how to be a real estate agent. They just give you paperwork yep. <laughs> and <Cool>. numbers. <laughs> so that's what I would say. I would say um, get a team is a really good idea. As, uh, at least have a mentor or a coach and then um, get an assistant when you hit like that 20, mm -hmm. 20, 25 mark, even if they're just part-time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in, in coaching, like huge yeah. believer in coaching. So um, which says my internet's unstable. Am I, am I freezing up? Uh, right now you're fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, any, any last words of wisdom that you want to leave with us? Um, well, it's a great, this is a great business to be in. If you are a realtor, um, growing from the inside out is always a great way to grow your business. When you have, when you're more, you get to bring more to your customers. Um, if you are a somebody that's looking for a realtor, um, make sure you are getting somebody that has a little bit of experience and that's listening to you so that you can reach your goals together. And um, yeah, just the sky's the limit. There's nothing you can't do and there's nothing you can't learn. Thanks. I, I appreciate that, Amy. And, and you're a you are an example of, of the sky's the limit um, because, uh, you know, you went from zero, like literally zero to, to doing really well. So we appreciate that example and uh, for your, your wisdom. So anyway, that will wrap up. So Amy, thanks for being with us today. I, Thank I you, Ron. You You're awesome. Time. And that will wrap up um, today's 
uh, episode of Agent versus Lender. I'm Ron Pippen. And, uh, oh, first, before we wrap up, Amy, how's the best way of people to get hold of you? Um, you can call me uh, by phone. You can text me or you can email me. Do you want me to say my phone number? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, if you want to. This is my direct line is 801-706-2921. My email is easy. It's amyselsutah at gmail.com. And um, you can also go to my free website, which is besthomesofutah.com. Just to look awesome. for houses. It's free. You can just use it. You don't even have to work with me. You can just play around on that and have fun. Cool. I appreciate that. Now we'll start to wrap up. Okay. So I'm, I'm Ron Pippen. And if you ever need to get hold of me, uh, my phone number is 801-628-7667. You can call me or text me there. And you can go to my website, which is pippenteam.mortgage. And um, that will wrap up another episode of Agent versus Lender. You've been listening to Agent versus Lender. We put it all out on the table, as you can clearly tell. But that's what makes us unique. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Facebook at Pippin Team or Ron Pippin. On Instagram at Ron Pippin 9002. If you have questions or comments, email Ron at thepippinteam.com. This is Agent versus Linder, signing off. <laughs>